And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Well, for starters, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Welcome back to A-Sides. Hell yeah, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm just going to start off. I'm going to start off by apologizing for all the bad Paul Stanley impressions. I'm not going to sing anything today. Oh, I ain't apologizing uh. for shit. <laughs> Why, were people giving you shit? No, I but I were... just was listening back, and oh. I'm like, oh, my God. I thought they were brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to do nothing but impressions mm-hmm. today, too. Let's get it on. <laughs> oh, man. So, I don't know. If you want to introduce the topic or... I was going to say first, how was your weekend of camping? It was beautiful. You were there for part of it. You know how great it was. Yeah. It was fun. It was nice. It was just relaxing, and hopefully you enjoyed your time there. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun playing volleyball. I'm kind of getting to the point I want to buy an RV, though. I just kind of want a shower and an actual toilet Yeah. instead of shitting in a those crappy, you know, <laughs> campsite porta potties and then like i don't even know if jubilee has a i don't know if that place has a shower house i don't think they do Hmm. but even like any of those places that have showers they're dirty like so you take a shower but then you still don't really feel clean after you're done it's like i don't know the older i get the more i'm just like fuck it man maybe i'm just gonna buy an rv but they're kind of expensive so you know have to sell some guitars uh that's just ridiculous oh that's probably now you sound like my wife. Oh, oops, oops, I'm talking crazy here. Well, how was your weekend other than that? Because that's all I did, so there's nothing really more for me to talk about. Well, I did some camping of my own, not, did you? not literally camping, but I went to summer camp ah, on Sunday. Yeah. And talking about showers, that's my thing with camping is like, I think I start every day with a shower, like, I don't feel awake till I shower, yeah, and then. Here's like summer camp, obviously. Like, I don't think these people bathed probably yeah. even before the weekend even yeah, started. Yeah, they probably hadn't bathed in a while. Yeah, and then the wind, I don't know what it was like at your campsite on Sunday. Oh, yeah. But that wind was like whipping through there, and I'm, it already smelled like shit and like pot. And then it's just like even worse when the wind's blowing because you're getting all these smells swirling around. And it's like, because it was windy as fuck. Like, it just, yeah. yeah. All weekend. I'm kind of tired of that because I feel like every damn day it's nice. It's windy as hell. Yeah. So it's either raining or it's nice but windy as fuck. So it's like either way it just isn't super awesome to be outside. But, but yeah, still it was nice weather though yeah. other than the wind. So it was a good weekend. Oh, and then I had a really dumb thought that I thought I would share. With all the weird bands at summer camp, I was walking around and I had this thought – could there ever be a band that's all bass, all uh, bass guitars? And I was like, you'd have lead bass and rhythm bass and bass bass. Kick bass? Like somebody just makes a thud on the bass? <laughs> yeah. Like a kick drum? <laughs> Would you it work? You could do that if you had somebody just doing more of a percussive thing with slap bass. Yeah. And then somebody else just kind of riding a root note and then somebody playing way up on the neck like... You know, okay, like so it could work. And, yeah, I think I'm surprised nobody's ever done that before. I'm gonna do it. Nobody do it because I'm doing it. All right, this is my thing now. Yeah. Me and Andy's, I'll <laughs> teach you how to 
I don't know what I'll teach you how to do because I don't know how to do anything. But well, I'll just do the root. I'll do the bass bass. There you go. Yeah, and you can do um, all the slap and stuff. I'll do all the slap. Well, yeah. I'll slap it, but I can't promise anyone's going to want to hear it. Yeah. Kind of like all the Prince impressions I'm about to do. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, there's the topic. Well, there's the topic. I yeah. blew it. I was going to ask you to introduce the topic, and I was going to sing. I was going to sing oh, the yeah. beautiful ones. Andy, 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 <laughs> tell me what's it going to be. <laughs> I know I don't sound anything like Prince. I can't get that high. <laughs> Man, Wish I he, could. He does have a like a unique voice. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Like, Real deep, real high. Then he's got yeah. that like robotic thing he does. Yeah. Like, he's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> a bad motherfucker. Yeah, man. So for you, this was like pretty new. Like I've been a Prince fan for decades, and yeah, pretty hardcore. Like once I got into my twenties, especially, mm-hmm. and kind of rediscovered him post discovering him as a kid. Like obviously the like MTV VH1 era and stuff. But then, like, fast forward, because I lost interest, you know, kind of high school years where I got more into metal and stuff. And, like, none of those records weren't weren't really that mainstream in that mm. era either, like when he changed his name to the symbol and everything. Oh, yeah. and he'd be on award shows and stuff, but, you know, you didn't have all those huge singles that you had back, like, when we were kids. But I got... I kind of became a way bigger fan about... 99 2000 so he put out that uh rave under the joy fantastic album and i bought that was like the first thing i don't know if that was the first thing i bought but that was like the first thing i bought of his like when it first came out as a new album mm-hmm. that came out i think 99 and i bought it new so that was like the kind of first thing i bought you know was as that when he was new. back to being print was he, still? he was still the symbol. That so that okay. would be the last album he did as the symbol, and then he put out that Rainbow Children album. Fast forward a year after that, so I think that was two thousand, and then he put out that box set, the live uh, One Night Alone. It was like a three CD, I believe, maybe four CD box set. I can't even remember now. I'd have to go pull it off the shelf, but I bought that like right when it came out, like the day it came out. And it was really fucking awesome. And it, then it made me, like, rediscover just kind of everything. It made me just want to fucking buy everything. <laughs> because there was, like, you know, it was mostly new stuff. Like, uh, the first half of that box set, the live stuff, was just stuff from the Rainbow Children album. But then I dug it when I heard it. The live versions of it I really liked. you know. And then there was some older songs and stuff, too. And... I don't know, like there was uh, like the version of Anastasia that's like at the end of that, like it's like the concert closer, you know, and that was a song that was never really on my radar because that Love Sexy album wasn't really on my radar back then. and So it made that, buying that made me go back and like just revisit everything or visit, you know, a lot of it for the first time. And then that's when I bought like a lot of the earlier records pre-Purple Rain and stuff and didn't even know. Or, you know, I should say pre-1999, because I knew most of that stuff already. But, but yeah, and then, I don't know. I just went from being kind of like, <laughs> I guess, a casual fan as a kid. Because, I mean, who's really a diehard fan when they're a kid? I mean, some people are about some things, I guess. But 
you know, I just was casual in the sense of like, I dug it watching it on MTV, but I wasn't rushing out. I didn't have fucking money. So I wasn't going out and buying everything. Well, you had mentioned listening to that live album, like what the one night alone and then seeing him live. Like do some of those songs like uh, come off better, like live. Because I was well, wondering the same thing, but there's not a lot of live stuff like on Apple Music. He changes shit a lot live. I mean, like when I saw him on the Musicology tour, like he did a version of uh, When Doves Cry that was like unrecognizable practically. I mean, it was like a totally oh, different really? song, you know. So he has a tendency to, or had a tendency to, you know, fuck around with his own arrangements and or just reinvent songs and stuff, which is kind of cool. But then, I don't know, there's some stuff like, you know, a song like that that you want to fucking hear the song. So, yeah, because you'd even mentioned what that guy's name, John Blackwell, or whatever, yeah. the drummer, right? It seemed like listening to some of these albums, like, not that some of the songs are like bad or whatever, but it might like pop more with like, you know, some kind of drummer like that or some kind of band backing yeah. you up. Well, I think that lineup that I saw him with, I believe, would have been the same as the Rainbow Children album. And then he did that musicology album. And, uh, so it was Rhonda Smith on bass. She plays bass with Jeff Beck now. I saw Jeff Beck with Jim Glass like a couple of years ago. And oh, like, yeah. yeah, whoever he had in the band at the time was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, dude, I don't know, but I, in my opinion, that was like the best rhythm section Prince ever had was John mm-hmm. Blackwell and Rhonda Smith. Like, they just were so fucking good. You know, I mean, that band. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, but he was the only. I'm pretty sure he was the only guitar player. There, no, there was one other dude strumming rhythm and stuff because he didn't. Prince didn't play guitar on every single song on that mm-hmm. tour, but he played a lot. The second time I saw him, he hardly even touched the guitar. Mm-hmm. It was fucking weird as hell. Like he literally picked up the guitar for one song the second time I saw him. Oh, it yeah. just sat on a stand in the middle of the stage, and he was like dancing a lot and stuff. It was weird because he did three nights. We saw him the first night. And when we bought tickets, not that it would have made a difference. I don't, I wouldn't have known what he was going to do until, you know, before I got oh, into yeah. it. But we bought tickets for the first night right when they went on sale and then they announced a second and third night. So the first night he came out pretty much just like danced around the stage. Really cool set. It was still really cool. I thought the musicology tour was a little cooler because on that one he had like an acoustic set in the middle of it too where he just sat down it was just him on acoustic guitar and he did a bunch of did a bunch of random hits and stuff not even so much a couple hits some deep cuts um but it was really cool but on this one it was like he just didn't touch the guitar it was like he just Hmm. fucked with us you know the whole time he picked it up and played like part of a song i don't even remember but i don't even think he did a guitar solo like i don't think he even picked it up for a guitar solo might have been but super bizarre and then I read the reviews like the next day or the day after for the second show. It was fucking stupid. Like he opened with a guitar solo. Like he came out, picked his guitar up and just fucking did like a big ripping guitar solo. And then went, <laughs> and then went into Let's Go Crazy and just jacked off on his guitar like all night, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Kind of pissed yeah. me off. Like I bought the fucking wrong night, you know? But then there there was like the after show, so like Prince is you know notorious for doing all these after parties and stuff where he'll just like show up to a club and play or whatever and just play fucking hours into the night. Well, the first night, it's like he didn't. He showed up but kept peeking his head out like 
behind the curtain, but then never went out and played. Hmm. And then the second night, played the whole fucking night. And then the third night didn't even show up. So it was like, yeah, super bizarre, but but that's Priance. Yeah. <laughs> or was. Rest in peace. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, I guess you don't really have a backstory that goes in. Yeah, so I don't really have anything interesting like that. Never saw him live, and I guess. But you're new to it. Mine was like the 89 Batman, because he did the soundtrack uh, yeah. for that. Yeah. And those are the only music videos I really remember, was that and then... I think in the Goonies uh, mouth, uh, the Corey Feldman uh, character, he's got a purple rain shirt on. And then it was like, yeah, he really wasn't on like the radio a lot. And then you're saying the '90s, it was he wasn't mainstream anymore, really. And so it wasn't until like I don't remember later in the 2000s where I actually kind of maybe listened to more of his like actually hits and stuff. And then knowing like you and like Dustin and Brent, Brent, that's a weird guy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then my friend Nick, yeah. So it's like so it's like hearing stuff from everybody else, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that Brent starts them. God damn, you took two sips of this beer. We're drinking a pretty high octane one tonight, so Yeah. We gotta watch out for Andy here, but I'm yeah. gonna be talking in uh in the third person or something about you and myself. I hope you at least enjoyed listening to this and uh doing the homework and it wasn't like yeah. pulling teeth. Oh, no, it wasn't. I actually kind of thought at first, like, I would need a lot of time because, you know, like Memorial Day, you're camping, and then you're going to Disney World, right? And then right. I'm out the next weekend, so I thought I would need all that time. But yeah. then I dove right in, and I'm like, all right, cool, my list came fast, and I started listening to the next list, because actually, like, they don't know this, but we're, or you decided to break this off into chunks, so we're almost going to do like four Prince episodes. Right. Well, kind of like the Kiss thing. Like I feel like there's obvious eras, and the but Prince was kind of a harder one, I thought, to like decide on how to break it up. Yeah. Because he put out so much material that it's like, I don't know, you could split it in half or you could split it in thirds. But then, like, if you did that, like, you still just had so many fucking albums to work with. Yeah, because even if you do it in, like, thirds, there's still, like, what? It would be, like, Prince and then Symbol and then everything after that. And it, and then it's, yeah, like... But there still just was so much before he changed his name to the Symbol. And yeah. There really wasn't that much during the Symbol era. Yeah. I mean, there was, but there wasn't very many albums. Yeah. And it was a pretty short-lived period. So I think it was, what, 94, 93, 94... Yeah. To 99 through 99. So it's like, you know, it was just like a five-year I think thing. like you said, he had a handful of albums, but then one is like a triple album. Right. Or what is that like? Emancipation. The, yeah. Because if we tried to listen to the entire catalog and pick 10, well, there's going to be – the first half of his career is probably going to be basically our entire list. Like – you know, you're not going to, there's probably nothing you're going to pick off of Rainbow Children over anything yeah. off of Purple Rain. Speaking about that, I already think that I know my top 10 overall Prince songs. And yeah, right. they are from the first kind of part. But I mean, there's, but then I don't want to ignore everything else because there's probably right. stuff I'll still like. Yeah, there's too much know? brilliant shit to really talk about. I feel like it'll just make it more interesting, you know. It's yeah. kind of like if we did the entire Kiss catalog. Like, it's yeah. probably going to all be the classic albums that we're going to pull from, with the exception of maybe one or two things here and there. But yeah. you don't want to sit there and just completely ignore. 
uh, all night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's put the X in sex. Yeah. Burn, bitch, burn. There's so many brilliant poetic moments later on yeah. that I feel, you know. <laughs> poetic. Yeah, it's a good word. Just to, just to clarify, so how we decided to split the eras up, because we were just yeah. rambling on about what we didn't do. Okay. So basically, yeah, this is everything from For You, his debut album, through Purple Rain, we picked mm-hmm. our, our top ten songs. So Yep. So come on, Andy. All right, so my number ten is I Want to Be Your Lover, going back to 1979, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah, and like we were talking about his voice, like it's like really high up on this song, like I guess falsetto, but then I kind of like how it almost kind of sounds like a Yacht Rocky kind of song right. or something. It's got like that disco kind of flavory to it kind of thing. kind of surprised so. that one's on your list. But I think mm-hmm. anything from those first couple albums would surprise me being on your list. Yeah. You know? I don't know if I'm doing it any justice by saying this kind of Yacht Rocky, but it's kind of got that kind of like... I get it. You know, it does have a very 70s, yeah, adult contemporary... It doesn't like, sound like... To me, this didn't sound like the Prince that I knew about, you know, like obviously right. the Purple Rain and like all that. Yeah, like some guitar, some... Because, yeah, the later stuff Yeah, like a lot of synthesized stuff. Yeah, 80s pop, like, it had that distinct sound. That's what we knew him by. I mean, that's why when yeah. I went back and bought the first few albums, like, man, I'll be honest with you, it took me a long time to really appreciate those, yeah. especially the first one. Strangely enough, my number 10, see, this is my segue, <laughs> is from the first, from the debut album, For You, the mm-hmm. song Soft and Wet. <laughs> Which, honestly, dude, like, the first time I ever listened to that album, I just thought, man, I don't know if I'll ever listen to this again, you know? And then I listened to it here and there throughout the years, and, like, yeah, a couple songs kind of got, like, it just took them forever to grow on me because I never really gave them that much attention. And even, like, this was on the three-CD box set thing, the hits thing, because it was technically, like, the hit off that album, even though it's like, I mean, I never heard it on the radio or it wasn't ever on MTV or anything. But, you know, later on, it just was one of those where it kind of grew on me. Whereas when I even had it on the hits thing, I skipped past it. There were some of those <laughs> early songs. I just would skip them and not really listen to them and give them the time of day back in the day. So I don't know if it's just getting older or what, yeah. but my appreciation for it has grown. And I actually not that long ago kind of got on a kick where I was like, hey, I'm just going to buy. I was at Barnes & Noble, and they had a bunch of the early stuff that I didn't have on vinyl, so I bought For You, Prince, I think Dirty Mind, because I already had Controversy. So, I, yeah, I bought those three albums. Oh, and I bought the Originals thing with all the cover songs that he yeah. wrote for other people. I had it on CD, but I kind of kicked myself ever since for not buying it on vinyl because it actually ended up being really fucking awesome. Not too long ago when I bought that, when I bought For You, I spun it for the first time on vinyl, like, well, for the first time on vinyl for me, but the first time I'd even listened to the album in a while, and it was like, that song, I was really like, god damn, man, that song's just fucking cooler than I thought it was, just that <laughs> kind of funky groove, you know, and that, bam, 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 don't, 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 you know, <laughs> and like, for some reason, I've been playing the piss out of that song, like, I'll be sitting on my patio, and just having a beer and smoking a cigar yeah. or something. And, 
you know, I'll just kind of look around and be like, well, this is about to get weird, and I'll put that song on. <laughs> but I love it, man. It's like it really is – like it's grown into being one of my favorite Prince songs, and it's funny because after I made my list, I looked at it and realized because of that kind of being like a new song that I love, like I managed to cover at least one song from every one of these albums. Oh, okay, cool. Which I didn't really realize that I would probably do. Then I was glad I did because I didn't want to just like, because Purple Rain's an amazing album. I mean, but I didn't want to like just ignore tons of shit and just have like <laughs> all of Purple Rain on there. And yeah, I think I kind of hit every album too, almost. Good mm. deal. Well, on that note, tell yeah. us about your number nine. My number nine is the title track to Controversy. Nice. Yeah, and that's one that's like. Man, I don't know. It's like so talking about being funky and stuff that like gets stuck in my head. Oh yeah. And I thought about how you saying like I was listening to this and I thought about how you were talking about Kiss and you're like I want to bleach my teeth and like strut around to one of those songs. I think it was yeah. like hundred thousand years or something. Like I feel like I want to strut around to controversy. Like I think I was doing something at work and I had my earbuds in and wasn't paying attention. I'm not just like strutting and dancing yeah, like I kind of was like yeah, I was just feeling it. Feeling it that day. But then it's kind of cool, too. And, like, like we saw Liv Warfield a month ago or so. Right. And I think that that was part of her set, too. Yep. That was, like, one of the highlights for me for the Liv Warfield show. I mean, and I kind of knew she was going to bust into some prints, but out of all the uh, set list I looked up online, that one wasn't on there. And I think the guitar player, or maybe it was the bass player, started playing. One of them started playing, like, the lick, you know? And I yeah. was like, oh, shit, are they really doing this? Because I think they kind of just, like, segued into something else, you know? Yeah, because that was, I think, when they came back for, like, the second set. Too. Yeah, they just came out kind of jamming or yeah. something. And then I think the bass player just kind of started playing the, the bass line and stuff. Yeah. And there was just some little subtle notes there that was like, oh, fuck, are they going to do controversy? That's badass, you know? <laughs> it was a cool version, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love that song as well. It's on my list as well. Spoiler alert, but I'll just get to it when I get to it. <laughs> yeah, because I figured mine might be kind of almost like basic bastardy kind of list, like a lot of the well, but hits it, and stuff. I mean, yeah, but to me, anything before 1999, like if you include anything from those albums before that record, like you're not really... Oh. Because Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, fuck yeah, I'm not a basic To me, basic bastard mm. just would have been like having like half of Purple Rain and half of nineteen ninety nine on oh, there yeah. or something, you know what I mean? But Yeah, like that'd be too Which easy. wouldn't have even mm -hmm. been wrong but in yeah. my eyes. Those yeah. are fucking great albums. I love night there's you know a couple things I I ended up at the end of the day I had to kick a couple things from nineteen nine off nineteen ninety nine off of my list that I actually thought that that actually might have been my list, like right away was like well, I know 1999, and I know, like, Purple Rain. So is that really going to be my list? But then yeah. I did end up liking other stuff, so I was glad I did. Hell yeah. I didn't want to let you down. Well. Or all the listeners, like Brent and Denny. <laughs> like Brent. The fucking Brent guy again. Yeah. Well, my number nine, so I kind of went with a B-side here. Ah. So I think this was the B-side for Let's Go Crazy. And it was a song called Erotic City. Erotic City? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you ever li if you listened to that one. I should have gave, gave you a heads up, like, listen to the B-side stuff. But I didn't get into the deluxe stuff. 
And I mean, I first heard this on uh, that hits thing, the B sides mm-hmm. disc. And there's just some killer, killer songs on there. But uh, I don't know, man. I always dug the song. It's just got like a really, uh, it's city. almost just like a really fucking like almost too generic drum machine beat going on. But it's like all the parts are so fucking generic that they work really great together and just make like a really, you know, and then the lyrics are dirty too, you know, and I've never even, I've never Googled what the lyrics are, but like, it sounds like he's saying like, we can fuck until the dawn and you know, like all this other, I'm not going to sit here and sing the song because really some of the lyrics are just ridiculous, at least what I think they are. And they would sound fucking absurd coming out of my mouth, but, um, I always just loved that song, man. I always thought it was such a cool song. And maybe just because it was, like, dirty and because it's not <laughs> one that everyone knows. Although, I mean, like, any diehard Prince fan's going to know it, you know, because I think a lot of, you know, us big fans and stuff, like, probably flock to the B-sides yeah. for bragging rights or something just to be pretentious fucking douchebags. <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> No, but I mean, yeah, so Erotic City. Now you got to go check it out. Yeah, I'm going to have to. So I, I actually at one point thought about that saying, hey, check out the B-sides. But I didn't want to give anything away. Like I didn't want to be like, hey, check this out. And then you check it out, and then you're like, fuck, Brent's right. And then we have the exact same list or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but anyhow. Hmm. How about how about number eight? Let's let's move let's move along to number eight. I'm number enjoying eight. this. Well, uh, well uh, before we go to number eight, I did write one down. I don't know if it's honorable mention, but there was one Ronnie talked to Russia. Oh yeah, or something. And I just kind of thought, like listening to that song, I'm like, why isn't anybody covering that song now and like donating the money to Ukraine charity <laughs> or something? I don't know. Well, I don't know, man. Should I? Is that what you're getting at? I'll do it. Yeah. That'll be my claim to fame. Like, people, all of a sudden, I'll blow up and everyone will know me, and I won't need to do this podcast with you anymore, Andy, because this makes us so much money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, well, I'm surprised no, like, punk bands have even covered that, or if anybody has covered that song. Dude, it used to be a weird thing where nobody really wanted to cover uh, Prince. Or can they? Because he's so, like, I don't know, was he so, like, tight with his uh, catalog? I feel like... And if I knew this was going to get brought up, I would have done some research. So you're just going to have to deal with my half-assed attempt at telling okay. you the truth here. No, but I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere, read somewhere, or saw it in, in an interview. There was someone that did a cover of When Doves Cry. I believe it was for the Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. Way back, like And it was late kind 90s. of a weird thing, but you just basically couldn't cover a Prince song. Like, it just wasn't allowed. So whatever, I don't know what the legalities of that was. Because um, I never researched it. But, you know, well, I mean, I think technically you just have to license a song. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, you know, pretty easy to do. But um, I don't I don't know how somehow he went about maybe just making it to where you could not license his shit. Hmm. I just remember this interview that I saw. I feel like I saw it on MTV because they were kind of making a big deal out of it that this band was able to do a cover of a Prince song. So, and it was really, if I remember right, it was real weird and different. It was almost just like an acapella thing or something. And maybe that's why he allowed it because it was just reinvented and so different that it was like, okay, yeah, fuck it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. So, and then if you remember, uh, Limp Biscuit covered 1999 on like the MTV. It was live. They didn't record uh-huh. it, but they they covered it like on. Uh, maybe that's even what the interview was. Maybe that was the version that they were talking about. Now I'm just confusing all the facts in my head because I'm uh-huh. old. But um, either way, I remember that too. I remember there being, uh, it was like the, what do they call it? The ball, like the, I don't know. Oh, the New York ball dropping Well, it was like that. They called it something different on MTV, though. I don't know. I feel like they called it like the New Year's ball or some shit. I don't remember, but Limp Biscuit played live, and I think they came out and did Faith and then did 1999. Hmm. And it was fucking terrible, as you can imagine. Yeah, that sounds like it would be. It was just dumb. Yeah. You know, so... We could basically do as good of a version right now as they did, yeah. <laughs> if not better. So I'm lost. Number eight, I'm up, and yeah. it is Delirious uh, from 1999. And the song is actually, like, I hated this song at first, and I've even seen that John Candy movie, Delirious. And so I've heard that <laughs> song before from that movie. And I'm like, this song is so awful. It's like that, do, 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 do. Yeah. Delirious, do, 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 do. And it's just like so annoying. But then maybe I listened to it so many times that it just grew on me. Might have. It's got a little charm to it, I guess, you know. But that's why I was asking about like live stuff. And I sent you a text if he's got any live stuff. And I was looking on Apple Music and there's only like a few live albums, like maybe that One Night Alone and something else. And like. And I think there's one coming out later this year from like the Purple Rain tour. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it comes out this week, maybe. Oh, I need really? to look because I was gonna pre-order it, but like we're gonna be out of town next week, so I didn't want to yeah. order it and have it sitting. I just was gonna wait till we yeah. get back or something. But I'm looking forward to that one. But, but I'm sure that that's one I could probably just fucking get home and just run over to Barnes and Noble or Co-op or somewhere. Yeah. Somebody will probably have that in stock, I would imagine. So. I'm sure I'll order it. But I think that would be some uh, song that would kind of be cool to hear live or something. You might do something different to it. I'm trying to think if I've heard it live. I don't think the two times I saw him, I do not believe he did that song. And I'm just not even sure because I've seen videos from the Purple Rain Tour and the pretty sure Around the World in the Day. And then I think I've seen Love Sexy seen videos of that tour so i don't know man i just feel like Stuff. the keyboard or the synthesizer or something sounds like something from a kid's show oh it does I it know. sounds like so awful but i feel like if you replaced it with like i don't know something live and you did some other kind of like i don't know well, did it bassy or something it's kind of like bluesy or something so if you did it kind of differently right. or something it might be cool so yeah like i like the lyrics and stuff i think even if just a but, chick sang it and it didn't have yeah. all that with that high pitched voice at the same time you know yeah but there's a lot kind of going on and a lot is and it's it, all like up there it's yeah all the way the fuck up high and kind of just like yeah because ah. yeah i you know that song comes on now and i can kind of enjoy it but I will say that was always the one on 1999 that was kind of like, eh, I could just skip this song, you know? Yeah, see, like, at first I was the same way, but then I was like, man, like, there is something cool about this song, but it's just like, God, I almost want to, like, bash my head in. <laughs> I get it, man. Well, so my number eight, 
It is a song from his self-titled album, mm. so 1979. And to me, this was like so cool because all that early stuff was just so poppy, so not like anything out of his later stuff. But then he had this one song right in the middle of that fucking record with rock guitar that has oh, okay. like the most badass riff, the song Bambi. Oh, Man, okay. that fucking riff, I remember listening yeah. to it and going, fuck, man. I was sitting there like trying to figure it out too and stuff, you know? And that song to me is just so underappreciated and even by him. But when, so I saw him on the musicology tour and I'm pretty certain he didn't do it. He didn't do it the night I saw him, but then I had like a bootleg that I got from that tour when he played New York. And it was like, I want to say that was like a New Year's Eve show. And the time opened. And uh, he did that song. It was in the set. Huh. And I was like, fuck, why didn't you play that when I saw him? That's <laughs> fucking awesome. But if I remember correctly, too, I can't, re- I can't really remember it because I haven't seen it in forever. But I feel like maybe he didn't play the whole thing. Like he kind of just did one of those things where he went into it and then into something else. But, I mean, that would have been, yeah, I mean... It's one of my favorite songs and, you know, has been for a while. It's just, I don't know what it is about it, man. Because he's, then he's singing, like, softer in the verse. But then, you know, the chorus hits and he just kind of belts it out in that high <laughs> voice, you know. Bam, bam, that riff and stuff. and It's fucking, I don't know, man. Great. Like, I would love to cover it if I thought I had the chops, you know, guitar-wise or vocally to do it. It'd be so fucking yeah. badass, but... Um, but yeah, and that was one, honestly, out of the earlier records, I thought maybe that'd be on your list, Hmm. you know? I don't know. I'm trying to throw you off. Maybe. Trying to throw you off. Maybe. Uh, well, my number seven is from that album and it's, I feel for you. I knew it was going to be that. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. Cause like. That was a tough one to not be on my list. I'll give you that. Um, well, I am familiar with obviously Manic Monday and nothing compares to you. Those songs that he wrote and then like other artists. Right. Had recorded them, but I didn't know that like, I've heard that Shaka Khan before or Shaka Khan song before Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. And then it goes into this thing and it's like dancing and it's got that Stevie oh, Wonder harmonica. The, yeah. But I didn't know that was actually a Prince song. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit, Prince did this? And yeah, like, the show I don't did. Know. Yeah, so. And there's actually, yeah. they put out, you can buy the seven inch, and I never did buy it, but. Oh, his version on one side and hers well, on the other? Well, it was like an acoustic. No, they just put out like the acoustic demo that he. Oh, really? Recorded. Oh, cool. That'd be. That, so. Yeah. I listened to it like once. Oh. It was okay. It was kind of like, well, it just kind of sounds like the original, but with just an acoustic guitar. So it was like, I didn't feel that inclined to buy it. Yeah. I might if I come across it like for cheap or something, you know. Sometimes I'll buy those things just on a whim, like ah, fuck it. <laughs> so I've bought plenty of random, you know, forty fives here and there that I just come across. But I don't know. I don't really go out of my way to do it. I guess I don't really. I don't really collect stuff to like collect it. I yeah, listen I like to, to listen it. to it. Yeah. So it's like. Unless it's something just totally different. Like, I've bought a few oddball 45s and stuff. Like, some of the record store day exclusives that have songs that weren't on any any record or whatever or a totally different version or something. But some of that shit, it's like, 
I don't know. I can't afford to just buy every fucking thing they come out with. I mean, especially with the Prince Estate putting so much shit out now. I mean, that Sign of the Times box set, I still really want it bad, but I don't want it $300 bad. I mean, Yikes. Yeah. It's a lot of records. But, I mean, even the CD, though, the CD version's over 100 So I'm just like, well, if I'm going to commit to it and spend over $100, fuck it, I'm just going to drop 300 and get the fucking yeah. vinyl, you know? Yeah, man, but you got to get a camper, though. i got to buy a think camper. Think of the camper. Yeah, i got to buy my new RV. <laughs> yeah. And really, I just am going to do it just so I can constantly, you know, say, hey, the shitter's full, you know? I just want to be Uncle or Uncle Cousin Eddie. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> Just so every time I go camping with somebody, I can just say, that there Clark is an RV, you know? <laughs> That's all I want to do. So walk out in my bathrobe, drinking a fucking Schlitz or whatever he was drinking. I can't even remember. I don't even think I could choke one of those down and not puke. Well, hey, my number seven, you already had on your list, so I kind of already oh. mentioned it, but controversy. Oh, okay. So, and one thing I guess, you know, that's cool about that song too, like lyrically is, man, he was like kind of ahead of his time on just some of the lyrical content too, you know? So, you know, am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Yeah. You know? And it's funny because, yeah, like growing up, like it's so, it's funny because once I became a Prince fan, which I just said that as if I fucking, I don't know changed my identity or joined a cult or something but (laughs) but you start having conversations and stuff and i can just remember like so it became kind of well known amongst some friends and co-workers oh he's a prince fan and they kind of like especially at work working in a factory they'd be like fucking prince what are you listening to that queer for need to listen to ted nugent (laughs) (laughs) and uh i just was like what the fuck ever but you'd always get people that would be like yeah well, you know he's half black, half white, right? Like his mom's white or something. It's like, no. And Purple Rain, yeah, I guess he depicted it that way, but like that wasn't his fucking real parents. That was a movie. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, people, I can remember having a conversation one time where I was like, well, he's gay, right? No, he's not gay. Well, he's bisexual. Pretty sure that's not the case either. <laughs> but people just, you know. In fact, I remember one of my buddy's dads was like, Talking about him one night, he's like, ah, I can't remember what his real name is. I'm like, it's Prince. Ah, it's something else. Like, that's nah, Prince Rogers Nelson. Nah, that's not it. It's like, listen, motherfucker, I know what it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not fucking asking you if that's yeah. his name. But you know, but it, it just, I pointed the whole fucking that whole rant is just that, like, that's, I think how people were with him because he was so weird and unique that. You know, people did just assume things like he acts yeah. pretty weird, so and kind of feminine, and oh, well, he must be gay. Yeah, well, it was like David Bowie kind of did the same thing a little bit yeah. before then too. Like Except the, that was kind of proven that he was bisexual. Yeah, but, I mean, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, still, you don't know. I mean, some guys are just kind of feminine like that, and it doesn't. They're not. I mean, Prince wasn't gay. You would know if he was gay. By this point in time, yeah. you would have known by 99 he was gay. So, yeah. but I thought it was interesting that he just tackled that, like, fairly early on in his career, you know. Just like, fuck it, I'm just going to write a song and say it, you know. <laughs> like, I don't get what the fucking big deal is. 
I don't know why people say this shit about me, but whatever, you know. So, mad props, Priyans. <laughs> Priyans. The more you know <laughs> with that shooting star. Yeah. Whatever the sound it is it yeah. makes, I don't know. I just did a little... <laughs> <laughs> or was I going... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so where are we at? We are on to your number six. Dang, we're moving along. My number six... It's from Dirty Mind. It's When You Were Mine. Oh, nice. I love that one, too. And all this stuff is, like, funky, you know, or it gets really synthesized later on. But this is almost, like, a straightforward, like... Yeah. Kind of just a straightforward pop rock song. Um, Yeah, kind of like stuff from the time, like, Rick Springfield or, you know, Cheap Trick yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I liked it. And I looked up, and I actually found... I, I did find a live version of that. From that the was box pretty cool. set, probably. Because uh, that's actually yeah. what turned me on to that song was the live version on the box set. I'm pretty sure yeah. there is a live version on there. Because there was a couple songs on that One Night Alone that, yeah, got put on my radar because of the live version on there. Because I sat and just played that fucking box set like a million times. A million. I, I think some dude goes into this like, like really keyboardy solo for a while, and it's it's yeah, pretty good version. I'm trying to yeah. think of that dude's name. What yeah. the fuck's his name? I could picture him. I don't know, but he's like, "Yeah, go, Ronnie." And then the dude's like, bang, 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 bang. "Yeah, his name's like it's uh, Ronnie or something." No, but. it's something like that. It's like Ronaldo or some <laughs> shit. Or yeah. Geraldo. <laughs> I don't know why I can't think of. This. I can picture him because he always wears like the sunglasses, the kind of small sunglasses, and he's a fucking yeah, he's a badass. And then that was when he had, uh, what's his name, from James Brown's band, too, Maceo. Hmm. Oh, really? The trumpet player, yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, that's all I had. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I, guess I, just, that's all I, I, feel like I just cut you off, went on a rant that went nowhere. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm not really as attached to these songs, because I haven't lived yeah. with them as long as you have, but... This 12% beer is just, you know... Yeah. Oh, that Brent guy. That Brent guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my we're on six, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So my number six was another B side. Oh shit! And I believe it was the B side for uh, when doves cry. If I'm remembering correctly, I, I'm positive it was a B side from the Purple Rain era. But anyhow, it's a song called Seventeen Days." Hmm. You check that one out at all? No, I did not go like that deep. I just went into that one album. would blow your mind that it was a, that it's a B side because I honestly think it's like one of the best fucking like most obvious hooks huh. of, of of a chorus of like all that era. Like yeah. for whatever reason, it probably just didn't fit Purple Rain the movie, but it's a fucking great song, man. Oh, okay, so shit. so it's one of those things where it was like it was a good song, but it just didn't fit the concept. Maybe so. I mean I don't know the reason, yeah. but I can't ask Prince anymore. Yeah. Not that he would have picked up my call anyhow, but it was uh, yeah, dude, I love that. I always did like that was I think one of the first out of his B sides that you know, and I went ahead and just went with the B sides from the era. You know what I mean? Like I guess we could have said like oh. I can't count those because that B-sides just didn't come out till later, but I was counting the B-sides from the era they originally came out from the albums and stuff, you know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. Made sense to me. Hey, man, it's your list, dude. You can <laughs> you can make it how you want. Well, thank you. Yeah, because I will. But yeah, I I don't know. That's all I really have to say yeah. about that. Is that I just you'll listen to it and you'll know what I'm talking about. You're gonna be like, yeah, I don't understand how that like, was. Fuck, that would have been my number two or something like yeah. that, right? Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be kicking myself later. Well, we could talk about your number five. My number five. Dude, I wish I could play this song. Like, you know, like if I had a guitar or a bass, because it's Lady Cab Dude, Driver. Good pick. So that was actually on my list. Lady. And Erotic City kicked it off. I ended oh, up taking yeah. that off and putting Erotic City on there. I don't know if this, like, since I'm kind of, like, newer to Prince, I don't know if this really shows off his, like, um, influence on other artists. But isn't there, like, Lenny Kravitz had, like, a... He had, like, a Cab Driver song. And he's kind of almost kind of got some kind of funky stuff, like he's Prince. A Prince fan. Yeah. yeah. And he, then even, like, listening to that song, that... It almost sounded like that, oh... Oh, Sheila, or something. But then I looked that up, and I'm like, did Prince write that song, too, and just give it away? And it wasn't. It was whoever that Ready for the World, that group was. So maybe they were just inspired by Prince right. or something. So, yeah, maybe people are just inspired by Prince. And I'd fucking rip them off, off all day long. You know? Yeah. But, man, that lady wow. cab driver is like, I don't know. It's just cool. No, I get it, dude. I mean, at first, I almost thought that, like, half of 1999 was going to be on my list. Yeah. You know, and then it was like, I don't know, then, yeah. You listen, because I listened yeah. to that album, and every time I listen to it, I'm just like, fuck, man, this is a great song. Fuck, this is a great song. Yeah. Fuck, this is a great song. Like, I think it just, Purple Rain's the bigger record. I mean, I just think just because there was the movie attached to it, although some people would fucking argue with me and say, no, those are better songs or whatever. I mean, whatever. It's all fucking, you know, just a fucking opinion anyhow. But I think 1999 had a lot of songs that just weren't really that well known that are fucking awesome, you know. Hmm. Now, I just thought of something, though. There was somebody that covered a song off of 1999. Oh, really? Um, TLC covered... Uh, TLC? Yeah, oh. they covered... Uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Jeez, no. these twelve percent beers. Are you? Are I can't like... remember what record it was on. No, it was on. Uh, it was on Sign of the Times. It was. Uh, if I was your girlfriend. Mm. If I were your girlfriend. <laughs> In that voice, that sounded just like. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That's that... just like the TLC version, actually. <laughs> uh, no. I forgot where we were. Oh, at. I think even Lady Cab Driver, that's the one at the end too, where it's oh, it's got that moaning yeah. like the uh 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 and then he's like, and that's for that's for the tourists at Disneyland and Yosemite Sand and he's like <laughs> ran all this stuff and he's like fired up and he's like, I don't know, it's just cool too. Yeah. The ending of that song is definitely weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely weird. But that was he had a lot of weird moments back then, so what are you gonna do? So my number five is from Purple Rain, mm. and not a B-side from that era this time. But Baby, I'm a Star. No. I love that song. 
And I always, like, I never, I guess there's so many hits on that. I shouldn't say I never understood why it wasn't a bigger hit because there just was, the whole fucking album was just one hit after another. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? But I always thought that was just such a great fucking tune, man. You know, and at the end of it, there's kind of like the, because well, there's like the freeze frame at the end of the movie, and then they come back out and do I Would Die For You, or, Right? they come back out and do I Would Die For You, Then Baby, I'm a Star, right? I don't know. I just watched After it last they do week. Purple Rain. I know. You think? Yeah. I've seen it a million times, and now I'm sitting here. Like, just everything is not in order in my head. Actually, I think the movie goes like this. He opens with Purple Rain. No, that's not it at all. But <laughs> Ah, shit. What am I talking about? I don't know. Me neither. Great movie, though. Then, well, well, yeah, it's a great movie, but it's like... It's not The Godfather. It's yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great because it it's a sign of the times. Yeah, no Half the intended. time Prince doesn't even talk. He just walks up to somebody and he just, just looks at him. Looks weird at him. And then just walks away. <laughs> gives him that weird smile. My favorite, though, is when his parents are having the brawl and he like... he. <laughs> He runs in and he does like that spin in the middle of the living room. He's like, "Hey, where are you, you motherfucker?" And he does like that weird spin. <laughs> Except it's just way wimpier. He's like, "Hey, where are you, you motherfucker?" And then he's like, he's got heels on and he does like this ballerina spin. Turns his head the other way. It's like you ain't gonna whip shit. Your dad was fucking six two. <laughs> fucking smack you before you even got halfway there. Nah, <laughs> eh, he meant well, though. You know, even when he smacked Apollonia. That was just sad. Come on, Priance. Yeah. It's not nice. <laughs> but maybe he's just like his father. Mm. See what I did there? Wait yeah. for you to get it. Yeah, well, I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, I think now... Because I don't have anything much more to say about Baby, I'm a Star, you know. Fun lyrics. Yeah. You know. My friend Nick sent me a text. I know it now. I told him that we were going to do a Prince episode, and he goes, man, I love Baby is a Star. Baby, Baby I'm, I'm a star. star. Yeah. Baby is a Star. <laughs> Maybe that's a new version. Baby is a uh, I don't know. I've had too much yeah, to drink man. already. Look, dude, I'm almost like. Yeah. I don't know. Andy can't hand her, hand her, handle his liquor. Dude, how am I going to handle that 100 proof for the 100 episodes? Oh, man. That's right. We got to drink 100 proof whiskey all night, 100 shots of it. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, if you can't handle it, I'm sure Harry can show you how it's done. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll have to warm up with the game of kick the ice. There you go. I'm scared, man. You better, better wash that down with that water. Yeah. I am. Well, I think I think we're on to your number four. My number four is also from Purple Rain. And it's Take Me With You. Yeah. And then there's something weird that I noticed. So this song, Take Me With You, says, Take Me To Your Mansion. And then he wants the lady cab driver to take... Him to the, the mansion. So is going to the mansion like code for sex? But I guess it is Prince, but I don't know. I think All everything these... is code for sex. 
Yeah, like, is that code for sex? Or is it, like, does he live in a world where everybody just got mansions? No. I don't know. I don't know about at that point. Yeah. Maybe he knew he was going to have a mansion, even though he didn't really. Or maybe he did at some point. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it's probably code for sex. I think everything was code for sex. Yeah. You know, I think Purple Rain was code for sex. Yeah. I think even when he did the cross on Sign of the Times, I think, yeah. when he was singing about the cross, I think he was singing about his dick. <laughs> Yeah. I think that he has. Never mind. (laughs) I'm done. I was about to take that too far. I'm out. (laughs) Well, then what's your number four? (laughs) (laughs) We hurried up and changed the subject. All right. We're not talking about Andy's number four anymore. All right. (laughs) What was your number four? I already forgot. Oh, take me with you. That's all you wanted to say about that? It was the mansion song. Oh. Oh. Well, and he's riding on the bike in the movie, you know? Yeah. So it's. Oh, dude, the live version of that's cool because that run where it kind of does a, you know. See, that was too. It was like the uh, drums sync up and the bass fucking. Dude. Yeah, the beginning of that song just goes. It sounds really cinematic. That. I thought that that like guy that you said John Blackwell or whatever. Blackwell. Yeah. Didn't I say Blackwell? Well, you said Brackwell. Brackwell. <laughs> Close well, enough. Well, whatever. That dude. I think that that would have been cool, like live hearing that. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if he does that thing when oh. on that live version, but when it kind of has that little break in the middle, you know, it's kind of yeah. doing the dun 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 dun. You know, there's yeah. that. But yeah. on that live version, there's it's really cool because the drums and the bass really and the keys all sync up on that, like the way that oh, it's cool. really fucking badass. Yeah. It's a little to... more progressive sounding. Yeah. It's like whoa, Dream Theater. Well, maybe not quite like that, but because that would have been more like. Well, I'll have to get that live album and listen to it while you're in Disney World, and be like, "Fuck, I got this, and you don't have it." What live album? Oh, when that's coming out next oh, week. The you 19- just said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was referring to the later live album, the oh. one with John Brackwell. Oh, Brackwell. <laughs> Brookwell, Jim Brookwell. <laughs> The drummer for the old power generation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that Brent guy. That fucking Brent. So I guess my number four is the title track from an album called Dirty Mind. Song oh. called Dirty Mind. It's almost, you think about it, it's almost like, it's a lot like the song Controversy. Yeah. You know, and Controversy's maybe like the more mature version. Like he took Dirty Mind and was like, well... I'm going to, like, rewrite that song, but maybe with more serious lyrics and whatever. But I, I don't know. There's something about Dirty Mind has, like, just a vibe to it, you know? And I don't know, man. I just like it a yeah. lot. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Plus, he was wearing that weird the underwear yeah. jacket thing, <laughs> you know? I think that... I don't know what Dirty Mind was code for, but yeah. I don't know what that underwear was code for. No, I, just, I thought the band looked really cool, actually. There's a, there's a video that was just like them playing live and for Dirty Mind, and it was, I don't know, they just looked cool. They looked like a fucking punk rock band, oh, yeah. you know? So there's just something about that era of Prince, like, the Dirty Mind and Into the Controversy era because those two albums that was kind of the same kind of same band same kind of thing they were going for and everything but yeah because before that like those first couple albums the first two were just him 
right? And then he kind of had a band. Yeah, and then he kind of had. Then that's kind of when the revolution, kind of like the early version of it, started and everything, you know. But uh, something about it, I don't know. Him in the trench coat and the underwear, and he like straightened his hair, and you know. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, dude, it was just they just looked more like a punk rock band and stuff. And whereas 1999 came along, and then they kind of morphed into that more pop synth pop kind of thing like they looked you know like i don't know um almost like a duran duran kind of thing yeah he was always going for i mean he yeah. always was going for like the sly and the family stone thing where he had like the diverse band so women different races you know yeah and i think he was i guess just, i was just thinking like the puffy shirt yeah no well stuff. i just was gonna like, say like yeah basically he always went for that kind of uh, Sly and the Family Stone thing. But then I think, I don't know what the fuck inspired that, but yeah, they kind of, then he kind of took that and added like this flock of seagulls type, that, like the, like you were saying, yeah, Duran like the, Duran, the fluffy shirts and the just that whole 80s pop thing, synth thing, whatever, you know. I don't know. Some It's just the kind of shit I could never pull off, so... <laughs> not really worth putting too much effort into it but um but yeah man so dirty mind number four All right. well my number three is one that's another one that's code for sex because i actually thought it was literally a red corvette but oh. no it's not it's a lot different um, and yeah, like actually, like I guess I never how you said listening to the it, lyrics. <laughs> I never really listened to the lyrics before until recently. And I like his like metaphors in there. We're talking about uh, the like Trojan Trojan, uh, and some of them used. <laughs> yeah, some of them used, and then he's going later like the jockeys or whatever, yeah. and like horses and stuff. So he's kind of just you know all the jockeys that were there before me. Yeah, riding that ass. Yeah. Sorry, I, did I make it weird? I guess I, <laughs> or no, I like his like kind of little like wordplay there. Because yeah. usually like a lot of the stuff like, you know, Prince or guys in the 80s like Paul Stanley or whatever, they're always talking about getting the girl. Well, this is the girl just kind of using the guys. So uh, it kind of flips that too. She's so, a whore. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ruin, I'm going to change my order because I don't, now that we're this far along in the list, I don't really want to. But my number two was Little Red Corvette. So oh, okay. Was, well, that would have been my number two, but then how I said I flipped stuff around yeah. the other day. Yeah, so I just figured I'd say that instead of going back to it, and I'll, you know, I'll just, yeah. whatever. We'll just call my number three my number two for the oh, sake okay. of whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, then do you no, want to go again and I then do your number two, too? I love or? that song as well. My two-two? Do I want to do my number two-two? Your number deuce. My number two also. <laughs> yeah, no, Little Red Corvette's always been one of my favorite tunes. It's just a, it's a great song. Um, yeah. It's great hook. It's kind of his first huge hit. Or was 1999 first? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember which one. It does kind of have that synthy kind of thing we're talking about with the new yeah. wave thing. Well, and the cool it's thing like about Little Red more. Corvette is like, I mean... 1999 is kind of just like this straight pop song and you know the i mean it's got those melodies with the synth 
you know, those keys, the whole dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you always, you're always going to remember that, but like little red Corvette had this more like haunting kind of thing. Yeah. It just kind of swelled and stuff. And so it was like, I don't know on the surface. It's almost like not a pop song. It's like an unlikely pop song. Yeah. You know, but such a brilliant hook and such great fucking lyrics that, yeah, I mean, you can't really deny <laughs> something that great, you know? Yeah, really, because the verses is haunting. It's like... And I wonder, because I'm not old enough to remember, but I just wonder how long that took to catch on. Because yeah. if I had to guess, it would be... And I don't remember which one was the first single, but, um, you know, you'd, I could almost see, like, Little Red Corvette coming out first and not doing shit, and then 1999 coming out and blowing up, and then all of a sudden, because that blew up, People start paying attention to Little Red Corvette, and it turns into a big hit. I mean, that may not be the case, but I'm yeah, because you're making me think like of that. another band, something in the '80s where it didn't. I don't know. I'm just gonna throw us well, out. Like Def Leppard, they threw out a song like a single, and then it didn't take off, so they put out another one. But then when the a second single like uh, took off, they re-released uh, the first one right. or something. I think like didn't they do that for Def Leppard? Maybe. Or something, they re-released something, because then the other one took off. I have no idea. Yeah. Sounds right. I mean, that shit happened yeah. a lot, where it was like the first time it was released. Like, it just didn't happen. You know, then the band blows up, and it's like, okay, let's put this out then, you know, but... Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. Well, I guess... I don't know. You would, Well, you just go ahead and do your number two, and then I'll do my number three, and we'll be back on course. Well, this one was my number one at first, like right away. This was my number one, no question. But then it got knocked down like two days ago or something. Because just listening to stuff, like I made a playlist, like I made my top 10, and then I made a playlist on my phone, and I was listening to those, just those 10, like at work. And so uh, a few of the top got shuffled. So anyways, my number two is When Doves Cry from Purple Rain, which was, it was my number one, because it's so cool. It's got the synth stuff we're talking yeah. about, and it just seems like super well put together, like it's got. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's got yeah, and weird it's, timing, and uh, I'm just going to yeah. say it, that was that's my number one. Oh, okay. My number one is When Doves Cry. Yeah. And like, yeah, a part of me kind of was like, well... Shit, do I really want to make like that huge of a hit my number one? I mean, I'm not gonna overthink it that much though, because that was like probably the first print song that I got into. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like I it's one of my earliest memories of Prince is just that weird ass. He's in the bathtub and the music video and everything, and <laughs> it's just kind of creepy and stuff in a way, but and it has such a unique again, it's like up there with Little Red Corvette in the sense that it doesn't on the surface sound like a pop song. Yet it's a huge fucking hit. Yeah, like it sounds really sexy too. It's dark. It's like, yeah. rhythmically a little weird and you know, yeah. um that guitar at the beginning, you know. That whole That sounded just like it, by the way. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just came out of my mouth, but <laughs> but um I it might have been like a version of La Cucaracha, I think, just came out of my mouth. But but then he goes into that real fast, weird thing where he's just, you know, and I remember 
an interview with Billy Gibbons saying like, man, like the one song I still just can't, I can never figure out what the fuck he's doing. It's when doves cry. You know, he was talking about how he's like, I sat and tried to figure that shit out. And I just don't know what the fuck Prince is doing. So I thought hmm. that that was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. But great lyrics. Yeah, man, great it hook. is. It's just got all the ingredients of a good song. Yeah. Dark kind of reminds me like it's almost uh, like the rhythmics a little bit. Like kind of has like kind of just a different kind of rhythm. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of rhythmic. rhythmic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot, but well, man, I tell you what I'm going to do since like my number one's pretty much blown at this point. I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to say my number three and then you can save your number one to the end. Oh, sure. Because I don't want like the grand finale to be my number three. Oh, okay. Doves Cry is my number one. So my, so really my number three before we. Well, I just fucked it up. We synced up too well, but I'm surprised, but my, uh. My number three was the B side, another B side to oh, little damn. little red Corvette. How come you don't call me anymore? Hmm. And it's funny because the way this got put on my radar really was like Alicia Keys covered it. Oh, and really? This is kind of how I got into Alicia Keys because there was a guy I worked with that was like a younger dude that had the Alicia Keys album, and he was riding with me somewhere. I think at one point he moved to Deer Creek and was riding with me to work. I think that's what it was. So he was riding with me to work every day. And I had the B-Sides thing in my CD player in my car. And that song came on. And he was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's Prince. <laughs> and he's like, well, Alicia Keys does this song. I'm like, what? And so whatever, you know, I learned that. And then fast forward, I bought the Alicia Keys album because I was like, well, pretty fucking cool she covered it so uh bought the album and ended up falling in love with her for more than just her musical talent but <laughs> uh but I, I mean dude i loved alicia keys for so long and but you know it just over time it just was one of those that grew on me grew on me grew on me i mean i always i dug it back then but i would say just within the last 10 years hmm. i would say it really became like hands down one of my favorite fucking songs like there was no question that that was going to be in the top five oh, as damn. soon as i thought about this because there's something about it too just hearing prince you know like he's just playing the piano and singing a fucking song pretty much and that really shows a lot of talent you know all these other songs with all these bells and whistles yeah great cool but you sit down and you get to hear him do what he's something he's really great at that's that raw and it just you know yeah (laughs) it just legitimizes everything anybody ever said about this man being a fucking genius you know Hmm. so just like the intro when doves cry like and i think what's the most fucking genius about the guy is he could put out a record where he just rips on the guitar the whole time he could put out a record where he's just playing the piano, just piano and vocals. And you'd be like, fuck, that's, you know, listen to what a great piano player he is. And you know what I mean? It's so cool he can write those songs and play them and sing them. And same with the guitar. But, like, he always, any of the things like that where it was, it had to do with him showing off his musicianship as far as, like, chops on a fucking instrument, 
They were just few and far between. Yeah, because I was going to say, it seems like he really holds back or something. Like maybe like the intro has guitar or like the outro has guitar, but that's yeah. not really guitar based. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's what makes him brilliant. Like, I don't know if that was intentional, but if that was like an intentional move, like, watch this. I'm really fucking awesome at this mm-hmm. instrument, and I'm going to barely ever play it on a record. People <laughs> will fucking eat it up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Or he just knew. Or he didn't fucking care. Maybe he just was so good. He just didn't give a fuck that he was that good at it. He liked doing yeah. it, but he didn't give enough fuck about it to, you know, quote, unquote, show yeah. off. Fucking Jack. I mean, dude, if I was that good on the guitar, I'd be fucking playing guitar solos in between every sentence of this podcast. Yeah, like you'd just be walking around like saying some, okay, Courtney. I'd be like, well, my number four is Dirty Mind. (laughs) 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 My number three pick is How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. (laughs) Wait, hold on, Andy. Don't go yet. Start playing something else. Uh, I mean, that's the brilliance of him, man. That's that's where the charm was, you know. And it's as disappointed as I was the second time I saw him when he barely touched his guitar. Now it's like a funny story, and it's kind of just awesome. Like, yeah, we saw him. The dickhead like just taunted us. Like, yeah, there's my guitar. I'm not gonna play it. Watch me dance. (laughs) 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 You know. I don't know. It'd be like if a fucking stripper came out and just came out in a bikini and then put on an Eskimo suit. <laughs> Show us your tits. Nope. Just going to progressively cover everything up even more. <laughs> so, that was a great thing. I am intrigued now. I got a feeling I know what it is. Oh. I got two in my head, but I want to hear what your number one is. Well, my number one was to make this even more confusing for the listeners. Prior to a few days ago, it was my number five. And then all of a sudden, something at work just went bloop and clicked with me. So I moved it. I had to move it from five up to one, and then it dropped a couple of those back. You know, like when doves cry and little um, red Corvette. And that, my number one is Let's Go Crazy. And it is not one that I thought would even make my list before then because I did not like the monologue thing before where he's like... Oh, really? Yeah, like, I always thought it was so stupid because everybody on Facebook, too, is like... Dearly beloved. Yeah, dearly beloved, we have been gathered here today. And I'm just like, God, this is so stupid. This is so, like, like, I don't know. But now, but then, that's actually what clicked for me is because I like that, how he's like, hey, man... If the elevator's going to bring you down, punch a higher floor. And it almost sounds like it's not really that sexy. It's more motivational. It's like, right. he's like, yeah, man. And if your life's getting you down, well, at least you got friends. And then I called my girlfriend. And then she went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to sing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, I had to throw it at the end. But, man, that just that just pumped me up. Because, see, maybe I was in, like, I don't know, I was down one day at work. And then all of a sudden, boom, I punched a higher floor. And then that ripping guitar solo and then the yeah. ripping outro thing. Yeah. 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 Dude, I just wanted to go crazy at work, man. I get I it. I don't know, dude. It, it was just it just you got just me talked, pumped up. You just so. talked me into wanting to put it on my list. Yeah. But I do love that song. Yeah. And if somebody asked me, oh, let's go crazy one of your Prince songs, yeah. Yeah. 
plus all of these, plus Darling Nikki. Yeah. You know? I thought for sure you'd have Darling Nikki. Yeah, movies. it was tough to not. I actually think I like the Foo Fighters version better because yeah, they kind of rock it out. A I like bit. their version, but I don't know if I'd say that. Oh. Well, I just did. <laughs> Wrong. The beautiful ones. Well, I'll see myself gra- out. <laughs> the beautiful ones was one that was hard for me to not put. That was the one that it was like, I don't know, because that's such a brilliant fucking ballad, dude. I mean, just you know. Yeah, I like it. Like, and where he just fucking loses yeah. his shit at the end, you know. Was just you know, and all those fucking crazy screams and, uh, yeah, like you know something too with Purple Rain, like that is a huge album. But like, there was something I thought at work. I was like, what is the bigger album of the '80s? Is it Thriller or is it Purple Rain? And I'm like, I don't know what would be like if you had to say, boom, this is the '80s. Thriller might have been bigger commercially. It's a tough. It's tough to say. Yeah, that might have been bigger so commercially, huge. but I think Purple Rain is Purple more the like album. yeah, like I think it's probably the better album because the one thing that really holds me back from Thriller is that I hate that song with Paul McCartney. Thank you. Fuck. Yeah, I hate, I hate that. The that girl's song. mine. Oh yeah. my god. And he's like, oh, oh, Paul. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Michael, she's really mine. I'm like, God, this song is stupid. Yeah, I hate that song. Dude, it's terrible. It, it's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Plus, I think that that album, too, there's like, sure, it's got Beat It and like Human Nature and it's got Thriller, but that the first song or two seems like they're still kind of stuck in the disco era, whereas Purple Rain... It seems like he put that on, and it's like he progressed. It didn't. Nothing on that sounded like the earlier records. Yeah, like it just sounded like, like fuck. Maybe dude. like 1999 like, was kind of a segue from that into Purple yeah. Rain, but but there's not a hint of. It seems a little bit more influential, I think, or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take anything away from Thriller, but I get it. Like, there's, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's exactly. not. Yeah, the Paul McCartney song just makes it not a perfect album. Yeah. I mean, pretty young thing. Fucking awesome song. Yeah. I love that song. Uh, you know, want to be starting something. I mean, yeah, which that's is probably the one that's almost kind of like disco. But yeah. I love that song, man. It sounds like it could have been on Off the Wall. I like to, something. yeah, it's definitely like a, yeah, like it's like a leftover track from that or something. I always like singing that one, though, mm-hmm. especially when I'm about to start supper. <laughs> I want to be stopping supper. Oh, God. You know, I'll just sing that before I start to cook. Yeah. Bad dad joke. That's right. Hey, but bad dad jokes are good, though. They are. I like them. Well, man. Yeah, like, this was fun. Let's do it again. With Let's Prince do it part again. Two. We got more. We got more albums to cover. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think the other eras are going to be more interesting. I don't think these lists were... Not interesting because I don't think that like you surprised me and had some stuff I didn't expect you to have. Mm. You know, I don't know how my list was, but I think maybe at first without thinking about it, I wouldn't I would be surprised by what I ended up with. But I didn't think about this very long though either. I didn't yeah. like fucking slave over this. This was pretty You have lived with these for like a long time. Yeah, it's time. a lot easier for me. These are so, like yeah. this is shit where I can just go, Oh yeah, that one, oh yeah, that one, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Next thing you know, I got 15. I go back, I'm listening to shit. I shave five off, whatever. But pretty easy for me, I guess. 
you know, the second era is going to be the interesting one. That's kind of, there's a lot of stuff in between uh, around the world in a day and come, which come, I think, was, you know, so. Dude, actually, I got to tell you, Love Sexy, that cover, I'm like, what? And then the title, Love Sexy, sounds dumb, but there's some cool shit on there. Oh, there's some great songs on that album. The thing that sucks is, dude, and you're lucky that you didn't get introduced to it on CD because when he put it out, it just plays continuously. You can't skip from track to track. Oh, really? So now, obviously, in the digital age, all the digital versions of it aren't like that. But, I mean, dude... I don't oh, he say. just put it out as one track. I don't, and it's all yeah. just—it's just all yeah. one track. It's like a fucking fifty-minute, like a forty-nine-minute track or some shit. Whatever the <laughs> runtime is of the record. So yeah, he's really so just you, fucking with people. Oh yeah, so you have to listen to the whole album. <laughs> and yeah, there's some great stuff on it, man. I mean, I'll tell you right now, there's one song in particular. In particular, <laughs> you're doing it too. <laughs> that's John Brookwell's new band. Or Jim Brookwell, sorry. He's got a new band. It's called Petacular. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we, uh, I'm looking forward to doing the next episode because, yeah, there's one song off of Love Sexy that will definitely be on my list. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's some great stuff, man. You got, like, the Black Album that was, like, an unreleased record that got shelved and then put out years later, like, right before... He changed. If I remember correctly, it was like he owed the label two more records, because you know he changed his name to yeah. kind of fuck, say fuck you to Warner Brothers and get out of the contract and everything, and he basically owed them two more records. So he released the Black album, which was shelved before, and then he put out Come, which was just kind of like his throwaway record, you know. So then he changes his name to the Symbol and then puts out the Gold Experience, which ended up being like the shit. So it was kind of his big fuck you to the label and everything. But other than that, it's been a good episode. Dude, it has. And that's for the tourists at Disneyland. You lost me. I forgot what you were talking about, but then I remembered. So I just, I spaced out. I'm going to Disney World next week. Yeah, so that's why I had to say it. I thought you were (laughs) taking some jab at me. I don't know what it was. So, well, I'm glad everyone listened. Sorry that we're confused. (laughs) 